begin to think I understand Anywhere we are, you and I have always been Forever and ever, I see myself within your eyes And that's all I need to show me why Everything I do always takes me home to you So we were watching this, and uh, I was like, God, I, for some reason I kept thinking it was a Stevie Wonder song, because I'm thinking of all the other songs that he wrote that have friend in the name. And um, then Jennifer looked it up when we were watching it the second time, and of course it's a Kenny Loggins song. And the second she says, it's Kenny Loggins, I'm like, oh my God, it sounds so Kenny Loggins. Like, this was so definitive of his style in the 80s, uh, pre-Danger Zone, pre uh, when he got into movies. Uh, and he did the song from Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. Um, All right. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Blue Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at, or you can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. It's been so long. I know. Since we were in these chairs, we were, Ed and I were just saying um, how hey, it's it. I, I miss podcasting. I don't know how thrilled I am to talk about this episode, but I do miss podcasting. And it's fun to have uh, you back. Yeah, and it's Ed, fun to be back. Good to talk to you. I don't ever talk to you unless we are on a microphone. Uh, that isn't a hundred percent true, but <laughs> it's pretty ninety eight point eight five percent I would I mean if you were to think about it if you were to add up all the time that you and I have had a conversation it would probably be like ninety percent recorded like yes yes our our, our friendship is well documented exactly <laughs> comparatively, comparatively. That is so true for quality assurance purposes purposes <laughs> okay, nice. say that <laughs> now, Ed how are you surviving um the beauty that is uh Hurricane Titan no Titan oh, no, not her, no Winter Storm Titan Winter Storm um, Titan it's actually really not that dramatic um my 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 windshield like everything's icy but whatever I mean, we've been we've been battling winter for the past like three months, so it's it's honestly just another day in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Uh, we do have uh, listener Lynn and listener Rachel just uh, commented on the event page. Listener Lynn says, "Welcome back, uh, listener Lynn. We missed Thanks you too." Thanks for coming. Yeah. And Rachel, hey, Rachel. Molly. Um, who we had over to the house a couple weeks ago. That yes. was fun. We yes. had listener Rachel. Um, I, I <laughs> there's a part of me that's like we're not having everyone over to the house, but you know, at this point, like, hey, if you're, if in you're the still listening to the podcast at this point, let us know. There's we'll probably have <laughs> you over to the house. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll scrounge up some leftovers. And, uh... <laughs> We've all been through a war together, in a way. <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, yes, and so um, welcome, listener Rachel. She says, "Is the chat working? I always forget how to do it. It is working. I did see this comment." But, uh, but yes, so we are back to discuss frenemies, uh, but before we do that, I just wanted to go around the table and say, Jennifer, what have you been up to? Uh, work, work. Um, house stuff, trying to pick out paint colors, um, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. I just sold some robots, so I got to make some robots. Oh, that's right. Um, robot cake toppers. Robot wedding cake toppers. This is true. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's watching a lot of movies lately. That's right. Oh, I oh. we uh, the Oscars are on in just a few minutes. Yeah, about, um, about a little over an hour, but I'm recording it. I guess the other big news is I sold Buttercup, my uh, my Beetle of eleven years. Wow, sold. That's not news to you. No, I know, but it's it's very <laughs> exciting that it was 11 years. Yeah. I was reacting on behalf of the that's listeners. That's sweet. That's sweet. And I got a Vespa. So <laughs> I, I had to go get my oh. motorcycle license. Well, I got my permit the other day. Uh, so now that the rain has stopped, I'll, I'll probably be able to take it out uh, sometime this week. But yeah, that's that's the big news here. Uh, yes, that is that is pretty exciting. The Vespa has been an interesting adventure, and it'll be fun to see <laughs> how that uh, goes. Yes. Uh, and Ed, how are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, yesterday, I while it was for the warmness of forty degrees, which was Ooh. I was very thankful for, and uh, we I moved like all my big furniture, bed, uh, couch, kitchen stuff like a uh, desk so i'm moving into a new place wow i'm currently at the, i'm currently still with dita at the moment because of internet things because if i didn't have internet i couldn't do this so <laughs> so um yeah i'm i'm excited and everything's just in the apartment but i have not put anything together whatsoever so tonight's gonna be an adventure yeah <laughs> good luck with Yay. that that is that sounds fun uh, now jennifer you have seen seven of the nine Oscar-nominated films. Yes, I, I have. have seen eight of the nine. Ed, how many Oscar Oscar-nominated films have you seen? I mean, I've probably seen a few of them. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I, I have guesses on who, what's going to win, and I don't, I don't. Yeah, Oscar is, isn't isn't my isn't my award show that I'm most concerned with. Which one you would go? What Grammys, Grammys. BAFTAs, Grammy, Grammys, ACMs, Grammys. AMCs. No, AMAs. <laughs> I knew no, I'd get there it, eventually. It, it's, like, it's, always, it's like the Grammys, and that's like it. That's like the only award show that I like actually care about. You're big on the ESPYs, aren't you? That's like a fun... You you really like the, the ESPN Sports Awards? Oh, yes. That's me all the time, because <laughs> I watch so much. Um, how, okay, now I'm not to go look up Best Picture. The only actually... I've only seen two of the movies in Best Picture, and I don't think either one's going to win. Which ones did you see? I saw Gravity and American Hustle. Okay, I Josh think... thinks American Hustle is going to win, although I haven't seen it. That's one of the two I have not seen. I don't think that's going to win. Um, so we've got a little wager going. We do have a little it's, wager well, going. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, a, well, I don't know. Isn't it going to be her or, I feel like, is The Wolf of Wall Street on there as a pity nomination? Oh, such a People movie. love that movie. It People so love that movie. Now, it, it is funny that everyone listening to this is already going to know. So everyone yeah. listening to this thinks oh. we're hilarious, except for the 11 people we have listening live. Uh, yes, I saw eight of the nine. I would say, I do think American Hustle is going to win, though I personally did not enjoy it very much at all. I, I loved American Hustle, but I don't think it's going to win. Mm. Well, uh, I, I my favorite of the of the eight that I saw was uh, Philomena, but I know I'm the only person who feels that way. Yeah, <laughs> and I loved Gravity. I loved Gravity. I thought Gravity was amazing. I, I, I really, I guess, I lo- yeah, I loved Philomena. I really enjoyed that film the most. So a lot of them, I was just kind of like, oh, like her was wonderful. I mean, I. And I, but I don't think that'll win. Yeah. Um, I really think Twelve Years a Slave is going to win. Going down a record right now of saying that. Um, and if it <laughs> does probably, win, you're probably you're probably more most right. Yeah. But 
I don't know. So if 12 yeah. Years a Slave wins, I have to do the dishes for a month. Yes. And uh, if, American, if Hustle, American Hustle wins. I have to run six days a week for a month. I'm like, okay. And fine. But let's be honest. The really important part of this wager is that we went for massages this morning and Jennifer got a young lady named Natalie who apparently changed her life. And so if American Hustle wins, I get Natalie next time. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and if 12 Years Slave wins, Jennifer does. It would be hard to give up Natalie. This is what you do, people, when you are old white married people without children you <laughs> fight over the wages over who's gonna get the masseuse <laughs> natalie's probably like do i have a say yeah no none whatsoever uh so anyway yes her, li- listener rachel says the wager should involve singing on the podcast oh no i uh, lost that one once <laughs> you did it was amazing <gasps> i had to sing american i oh that was awesome. I uh, feel bad for everybody. <laughs> but we are back to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled can, Frenemies. Can I, can I mention one thing oh, before we... Uh, I, this is unrelated to Glee, but we'll, I'm sure we'll spend enough time with Glee. <laughs> I just... Um, Dita just got HBO, so I, I power watched Veep, and it's amazing. I've heard everyone, great. Watch, everyone should watch Veep. What are you doing with your life? Turn off... The 11 listeners just shut us off and go watch me. <laughs> whoa, 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 hang on. We, there's only 11 of them. <laughs> I know, but uh, this will live in the YouTube archives for as long as until it gets deleted. And it just went to 10 listeners just now. So Veep got a viewer Veep? and we lost wow. a listener. <laughs> for Veep, for Veep, yeah, it's so wrong. Yeah. Good choice. Unfortunately, it's not me. That's amazing. Uh, let, so yes, we are back to discuss uh, Frenemies, the latest episode of Glee. Uh, and we'll go around the um, we'll go around the circle and give our opinions on Glee. It is worth noting that this episode hit a ratings low for the show. So congratulations oh on that. Uh, so yes, um, let's go around and uh, just give our general feelings. Jennifer, frenemies from Glee. Oh, I did not enjoy this episode. Um, sure, we'll get into much more detail about it later. But I just, first of all, it just it wasn't pleasant to see all of this baseless pettiness and insecurity and jealousy and fighting and it just was not it wasn't pleasant at all and then I just I miss the times when they were good because they were you know they were outcast they were striving they were they were strong and they were determined to be you know who they were going to be and they were banding together and you know the enemies were on the outside so I just I miss all that I think this was just a really unpleasant way to get back into the swing of things it was definitely uh not to say what i thought too much yet but uh i will agree this was an interesting way to come back from such a long break to have a pretty distasteful distasteful portrayal of many of our most beloved characters uh ed frenemies um right now i feel like season five it's just it's just happening like like <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if I mean that well I don't know if I that doesn't sound very positive uh, no I, I totally if, agree with exactly what you just said you you totally like, voiced exactly how I felt about the last couple episodes it, it's just happening and like well I, I liked it I mean okay I don't know I don't want to say I like I liked parts of it and I liked some of the songs I thought there yeah. were I thought Santana doing don't rain in my braid was clever I thought Sue had at least one legitimate line in this in the thing um 
I like this whole like uh, rewriting of history, which I which I appreciate. They're like trying to like fold in some stuff that you like. Well, there's no reason Artie and Tina couldn't have been having lunch every Taco Tuesday or Thursday. <laughs> like, there's no reason that couldn't have happened. We do so. So there's like things, and then there's yeah. But it what I it, yeah. It, it happened. It definitely happened. I definitely can guarantee you was on a television set. <laughs> I, so I agree with both of you in a sense. I do agree with Jennifer. I think the thing that I've that made Glee what it is is a bunch of outcasts teaming together to vanquish a larger foe and kind of you know find and do that by being themselves. Like that's kind of what made it all okay at the beginning. That's why we loved the characters and that's why we loved the events. And now that this was an episode based entirely on infighting, it was almost like they vanquished every external foe. So they have to start fighting in and amongst themselves. Um, that was really off putting and coming back from a break, especially it was just not a fun way to, to be reintroduced to all of these characters that we've been missing. Um, and then to what you said, Ed, uh, you know, the, after watching, or uh, when the day this premiered, I had tweeted um, tonight Glee returns a show that I've covered for five years and seem to have totally forgotten about in the last two and a half months. I kind of like this episode came back and it was almost like I hadn't seen the show before. And I do feel it's kind of like what you said. This season seems to be kind of emotionally inconsequential. The things that are happening in this season, I'm not all that emotionally invested in. And I don't feel like Glee's all that invested in it either. The big challenge I had with this one is in this episode, the references to previous events the vapor rape the where rachel drops the uh that that she and santana sang a song at graduation um Artie's legs Artie's legs that he used for an hour and then broke like it's almost like glee has gone past self-reference and is straight up mocking itself and there was so much of that in this episode it was kind of like glee's embarrassed of its own of about itself yeah your I, tweet I, was great you, yeah you articulated had, it perfectly in your tweets i i had tweeted yesterday uh glee how can i love you if you don't love yourself that's kind of how i've been feeling about the last few that's, episodes it, it didn't, it's it didn't kind of a shame yeah, yeah, and it wasn't very it wasn't, fun. It wasn't enjoyable at all. Now that said, I have to admit that like the Artie Tina stuff, I actually enjoyed. Uh, I do. I love uh, Elliot Starchild. I mean, even though he's a little too ah shucksy, I adore I, him. <laughs> I do adore him, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. And even the intent, like kind of the underlying intent of what they were going for with Rachel and Santana, I thought was interesting. So it was kind of like. A lot of the intent of this episode I appreciated, but its placement in the series and the kind of way it was handled, I, it just felt very clumsy and kind of, you well, know, this episode, tired. this episode, unfortunately, what it truly felt to me like was a season six setup episode. Like, mm. like, like, I don't know. Like, it, it, was, it was like trying to divest it of the of the clothing it's collected over the past four and a half years and like <laughs> and like trying to reach this new plateau of season six or something <laughs> i mean in a way i i guess i can kind of see like how they're laying the groundwork for what rachel and santana will become in season six is what you mean like next yeah. season i can kind of see that it, it's 
Yeah, uh, well, let's just get into the plot lines a little deeper. I did want to say real quick, listener Michael is in the chat room and he says it is his first time uh, listening. So thank you for joining us. Uh, And listener Maria just showed up. Uh, So yes, um, well, let's go ahead and let's take a listen to Brave. This is the first song performed by uh, Rachel and Santana, Leah Michelle and Naya Rivera. Uh, This is Brave here on the Gleeful Podcast. You can be the outcast or be the backlash of somebody's lack of love. Or you can start speaking up. And nothing's gonna hurt you the way the words do when they settle underneath your skin. Kept on the inside and no sunlight. Sometimes the shadow wins. But I wonder what would happen if you say what you wanna say and let the So full disclosure, if you're listening live or watching the video after the fact, I know every word of the song. It's probably my favorite song of last year. Every time I watch the video, I cry shut up. Anyway. Well, didn't the 2.0s do this before the break? They didn't, but they should have. <laughs> I'm is, kidding. They oh, did roar. They did roar. There you go. Oh, Sorry. Like I thought they did roar. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bum. That's my girl. Yeah. So here's the deal with this one. Um, I, you know, like. Any problems I have with the arrangement are simply because I have such an intense affection for the original. Um, Let's face it, just you have a s- strong affection for Sarah Bareilles. I adore Sarah Bareilles. I know Bareilles, you do. But you this get song, man, this song, uh, when they start, when that guy is dancing in the in the computer lab, oh, kills me every damn time. Isn't Sarah Bareilles <laughs> kind of? I, I hate I hate to vanilla like she's kind of vanilla. Right? The thing is, is yes and no because she's vanilla, but she's like I don't know. D- to me, it's like you listen to the album, and the album's either kind of stands in the middle and says like, if you love it, you're gonna love it, and if you don't care, it's not really grabbing you by the throat and saying care. But I do think every record she has has like one or two just truly great pop songs. Like this is a great pop song. Like Uncharted's a great pop song. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna write you a love song. Like we've all heard it a hundred times, but that song's I mean, gold, yeah, man. I'm not, say- I'm not saying it isn't. Like she has, she has great moments. It's just like in the spectrum of of pop stars, she's kind of vanilla. But she's, she's like yeah, vanilla she, bean vanilla. Like she's <laughs> she's like, true vanilla. Yeah, that's what Jennifer. Like, she's like the like best she's, vanilla. She's, she's, she's the purest, <laughs> purest. Form. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't want to get too much about this. Um, but this this was a good. I like this duet, and Santana looks stunning in that. Oh my in god, that gown. she was yeah. incredible. But see, this if one, I looked if I looked half as good as Santana did in that gown, I would only be wearing gowns. <laughs> Facts. Fact. The challenge I had with it, though, is it kind of reminded me of when earlier in the show they would do things like when they did Roar, when they did um, 
what was the other one that they when they did Call Me Maybe, where they kind of take the biggest song of the moment and they just try to find a way to wedge it in. Well, like, that was I was thinking about. I was thinking that when I when before I sat down to watch the episode, I'm like, I really hope that they do like what they did at the beginning of season four, where they just like we're gonna do Call Me Maybe, and then they did it. <laughs> like, like but that. It, this could have been a huge ending, you know, end of the episode 2.0 number, like much better than, you know, what what the Fox say was. But instead, what? it kind of got wedged very early in the episode. And the other thing is, I don't understand what it was trying to say within the plot. So the plot of uh, Rachel and Santana in this episode is that uh, Rachel's doing very well. Santana is struggling. She ends up going out to be Rachel's understudy, gets the role, and it you know essentially drives them apart as friends. Um, the the challenge is in the context of this particular scene, Rachel's reaching out to Santana, being like, "Hey, I know you're feeling down, but here's an opportunity to you know feel like a star for a little while, and you can come support me, and we can do it together because we're friends." And then Brave comes on, and I'm trying to figure out who is Brave, and I didn't under, understand the context of this number. It seemed like a nice number. Jennifer, what did you think of the Brave number? Well, when it first started, I thought, okay, so again, this is very early in the episode, and I didn't catch the name of the episode, so it probably would have you know, hit home sooner how the whole thing was going to unfold, but... <clears throat> When this song started, I was like, well, this is really kind of sweet. It's like, yeah, Rachel is reaching out to Santana and she's, you know, like, hey, you know, we can help each other. We can be together in this, you know. Uh, And I thought it was sort of like, hey, let's, you know, support and encourage and empower each other. But then if you read between the lines and it's like, say what you want to say, it's kind of like almost them challenging each other to express their... um, you know, hidden resentment. Hmm. Interesting. So it could have gone either dark. way. <laughs> I know. Well, I, well, that's, that's kind of what I saw. Like, yeah. I agree with Jen. And then on top of that, I wonder who, like, like whenever there's a person on the cover of a magazine, there's never people behind them. Not in the past decade that I remember. Like, it's, always, <laughs> it's always just the person. I just want, I just want to be clear. Like, well, it seemed like it was kind of a group shoot because she kept saying all the other people in the shoot were other famous or other like on the brink of fame people. But then when she got there, she was the only one in costume and everybody else was just wearing gowns. So yeah. I got the sense it was supposed to be like she was the cover and they were kind of decoration. Oh, yeah. I totally took it that they were just anonymous models who were there to. Well, yeah, she was totally in Barbara Fanny yeah. Bryce, you know, Attire. get up. So I think that was intended, you know, to have these, you know, beautiful, fully, you know, gowned models to make her stand out. So your interpretation of Brave was that it was the the sentiment of the sentiment of the song was challenging Santana to like stand up for herself or not stand up for herself but challenging Santana to like voice all of her resentments and then challenging Rachel to do the same again we're giving this more thought than the writers (laughs) I agree with that I mean if I just listen to the songs and if we just look at the performances and take them completely out of any like 
dental floss stringing together of whatever plot they thought they had in this episode, I would enjoy it. Like if I just if I fast forwarded just to the performances, I would really enjoy this episode. Mm. But it was yeah. So yeah, like, out of context, out the of, performances were fun. Yeah, but so I can't even begin to guess what in context it was. So Ed, any opinions on the brave number? It it was good. I liked it. It wasn't like it. They, I think Jen is giving too much credit to the writers <laughs> with the song choice. Yeah. Which which is normally my mo. So. Yeah, yeah I just feel like so. it's a very duplicitous intent. I think on the surface it's supposed to be, hey, you know, let's see our girl power. But meanwhile, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, let's rock. <laughs> uh, so eventually what's a, what ends up happening is that Rachel uh, kind of gets a little star-minded, gets a little frustrated because she's going to have to get a an understudy, which, as I explained to Jennifer, is the worst thing in the world. Uh, so I, t- I actually it, totally sympathize with her head. But it's going to be moment. there. But, I mean, it's a reality. Why wouldn't you... Why would you rather have a stranger be in that position? It, it, okay, so it's... It, I don't understand you work, actors. You work really hard, and it's hard enough to get a role. And then it's... No, it's not. Supre- she- yeah, <laughs> apparently it's not for Rachel. And it's supremely hard to get the lead. And then once you get the lead, you know full well that you got it past all these other people. Like, there's a... You know, you didn't get it because you're the best person in the world. You got it because the stars aligned and, and, you know, it happened. So you finally get it. And then you know full well that there are other people that want it desperately. And not only are there other people, there's literally a person who could do it at a moment's notice. And he's standing there the entire time going, hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, you, you sure that fish is good? Don't want to get sick on that fish. Uh, you know, hey, yeah, be careful on those stairs over there. You don't want to trip on those stairs because <laughs> your failure is this person's gain. And many times in history, when the one time that person calls in sick and the understudy takes the role, the understudy keeps the role. This happens. <laughs> the understudy is so good, you don't get the role back. I mean, these are very because, real things. Because I can imagine it's 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 this, like desperate fire that's been building up in their in their like. In the understudies, yeah, this mind, is their chance. Like, every every performance that they don't get to do, it's like one more block of the puzzle, and then and then <laughs> finally, finally it comes, and then they just like sledgehammer through it like a wrecking ball. It is. I mean, it's literally a it's a, a person who symbolizes every single other person who's like, I could do that better than you. Not only could I do that better than you, I am literally fitted for your costume. Let's do this. I mean, it's a very real threat that's sitting there looking at you. Okay. But because it's a very real threat and because it's an inevitable threat, it it, it has to be there. Why wouldn't you want a friend to be in that position? As opposed to some stranger who could push you down the stairs. (laughs) We all saw showgirls, unfortunately. It's much easier to hate someone that you don't don't like or had any previous attachment to. I don't think anybody... Yeah. Well, so yeah. okay, let's let's dive. But I don't think that she did anything wrong. Let's dive whole hog into this. Uh, first of all, let's just off the top, we have to set off, set apart the side, set apart the idea that Naira Vera would ever get cast as Fanny Bryce. Just put that. Well, suspend she, your disbelief. On she's that too one. beautiful. She's not the underdog. I mean, well, that's... and she's Puerto Rican. <laughs> 
okay, that too. <laughs> but um, colorblind casting is in right now. Yeah, well, still Fanny Bryce. Uh, anyway, so so you're 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 actually saying Santana didn't do anything all that bad? No, I really, I mean, I get it. She didn't want to fight about it twice, but I think if she had said, "Hey, I," you know. It's great they're casting for your understudy. What would you think if I did it? I mean, or, or just say, hey, I'm going to go out for this. So I, you know, would appreciate your support. Hmm. Something. I mean, she did blindside her, but I understand. No, but, but that would have. But when she came in from the audience. Oh, she. It was. It was. That was step for step. Rachel Berry. Yeah. You know. That's what it needed to be. Other and Rachel's reaction to it. Like, yeah. you couldn't have gotten that scene without the duplicity. Right. No, and I and I and I I get why she did it cuz she didn't want to, you know, she didn't want Rachel to sabotage her. She didn't want Rachel to unnerve her. She wanted to just come in and nail it. I get it. So I again, I don't I, Okay, I've not been cast in the lead for anything and I've not had anybody be my understudy. So I don't understand the issue. Well, so I to me, it all comes down to with it, my interpret my interpretation of the events were not that Santana said I need to go get a role. Santana, of her own words, she auditioned to make the point I'm as good as you, and she not only did she audition directly not only were her intentions in auditioning were to say i'm just as good as you she also did the exact same song that everyone knows as rachel that she would have known as rachel's signature song did it exactly like rachel and let's be honest would never have known that song were it not for rachel so to me it all is born out of santana did this audition out of anger out of spite and everything's born out of that action now Of going from there, we can talk about, you know, the actual conditions of the, 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 the argument. But at the end of the day, to me, it was all, it was because that, because she auditioned, excuse me, because she auditioned purely out of anger and spite, which I, I don't think there's any, I, like, to yeah. me, she loses. Well, okay. And I, I guess now that we're back to that aspect of it, I don't. I don't understand why she's, you know, angry and why she's spiteful. Um, they have all been extremely supportive and um, encouraging of one another. So I don't understand. Yeah. Where this, so, okay, fine. So it's just jealousy. That's different. You, you can't punish somebody because you're jealous. You Well, you can't rightfully punish somebody because you're but, jealous. So you're saying that... If Santana... Santana, I don't, she, I don't think she has any reason to be angry and spiteful, but I do, I can see how she would be jealous. So she's jealous, but I mean, she's still, so she acted out of jealousy. Right, which I, which I don't understand why, where well, I'm so lost now on this whole thing. <laughs> I don't understand, you know, why she's so, you know, why they're so at each other's throats. That's all. I mean, I yeah. just, yeah, I, I think that they're, all of their motivation is all out of whack and 
unbased and I understand. Oh, I I do so, think yeah, it that's... went from zero to sixty, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the last time we saw Santana, she was happy with Danny, and she was doing really well. Apparently, Danny is uh, in a vortex somewhere. Danny's the only oh. actual Dan- person Danny's who works the at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Jennifer had that comment during the show. She's like, "Well, somebody has to work the restaurant. Danny must be the one." <laughs> okay, Ned. So she is coming back next episode. She's in, she. Well, she has. So- she's singing. Next in that next episode, so mm. and now that now that X Factor US is kaput, there's really no reason she couldn't be on the show. There yeah, you go. She's not performing at the Oscars tonight, apparently. No, she's not. Um, now, and my so my interpretation of the events was that that Santana was acting out of I, I agree jealousy, but it was spite born of jealousy, um, and then. You know, and, and and you know things progressed from there. Uh, Ed, what, how did you interpret uh, Santana's audition? I, at first, I was on Santana's side of that. She just want. I mean, maybe she because since Rachel Berry is the type of person they want to be on the show, then like, well, Santana was doing her best, Rachel Berry. Not 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 out of spite, but out of like, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be like. Like, that's the type of person you want, and that's the type of person I'm going to be for you. But now that Jen explained her perspective on why why Santana did that, and that makes sense in with the other things that Santana said in the episode, then I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. maybe it's a little bit of what I said and most of what Jen said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not like I, I still, I still don't think, you know, Santana auditioning for understudy is a problem. Real? Wow. I I'm, don't. This is blowing my mind. There has to be an understudy. No, I understand there has to be an understudy, but we're talking about, like, your, <laughs> your ostensibly second closest friend in the city uh, shows up, does your signature song with all of your signature moves, and then goes and you know, and, and and gets cast, and then when you're not happy about it, she calls you a troll, an ugly troll, and goes on and on about how you have to admit that I'm as good as you, and you have to admit that that I'm actually better because I was able to be popular in high school and do exactly what you do. I mean, I, it was absolutely horrific. That, I'm not that saying she was wasn't. I'm not saying she wasn't cruel and unnecessarily mean after the point, but mm-hmm. I'm saying the act of her going for this role because I mean come on we're also talking about two 19 year olds who just finished high school <laughs> getting lead and in, in understudy for the biggest Broadway musical ever no I, I understand that I'm just trying to think no, of like but putting I'm, suspension no, I, disbelief aside I, again I understand why she didn't but I still think you know if she wanted to be a good friend about it she should have said something before and then, yeah, I mean, all the nastiness that came out afterwards, it was horrible. Both of them were, were horrible. And I don't think that anybody's right in that situation. But I'm saying her going for the role, I don't see a problem with it. And then um, Michelle was just saying she's surprised that Rachel didn't bring up anything about uh, mistrusting Santana because of taking Finn's virginity. And I that did cross my mind at the time, but I just think that they're not – bringing up his character for specific reasons. See, that's interesting because I didn't, 
I mean, to me, like all the high school stuff, like going, you know, like watching it the second time, yeah. Santana's the one that keeps bringing up high school. She's the one who keeps yeah, saying, that's right. Rachel's not like, you, you know, Santana's the one who keeps saying, I was popular and I'm good. And, you know, you owe your success to me because you are only succeeding out of spite because I was so mean to you. Like, she, so Santana's the one who keeps bringing up high school for some reason and Rachel's just reacting to it. Now, I'm she did get pretty horrible toward the end, I'll admit, but I feel like she was just meeting Santana's level of horrible. I, agree. I really feel this is, again... Like, I know everybody loves Santana. You guys love Santana. And she says all the things you wish she, you could say. But you don't say those things because you're not horrible. She's horrible. If you had this person in your life, you could not trust her. She's demonstrated many, many, many times that she cannot be trusted. That she will always act in her personal self-interest. Except for the occasional exception. And that she really could not give a crap (laughs) like she is horrible it goes back to you know she pushes she calls finn ugly and fat for years and years and years and the one time he says i know your secret then suddenly he's the bad guy like you're not allowed to fight back against her for some reason the show demonizes you if you fight back and it's kind of like I I have no sympathy for this character i find her to be absolutely horrible and if you had her in your life you would also think she was horrible, but because she's on TV and she's stunning and incredibly talented, we somehow give her a pass and I don't get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving her a pass for what she said. I'm just saying as far as the whole understudy thing, and apparently we're not going to see eye to eye on it. <laughs> I don't think there's an issue with her going after the understudy role. Interesting. There's so much more to this show. We've only done two songs. That's true. Well, uh, there's not as much to say about the other stuff. Ed, you've been kind of quiet. Uh, how do you feel about all this stuff? I mean, it's uh, you said both sides of it. I was like, I'm not going to get involved. Yeah. No one, no, ain't oh, nobody no, needs to be mad with me. Um, I, I, I think this was just tension for the sake of tension. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. And I mean, then, it, yeah. Go ahead. That's it. That's kind of it. Like, I, I don't... Like, we're making a bigger deal about this than the next episode is going to make about this. Yeah, I'm you're totally sure. right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, and the other thing I think is interesting that... I, honestly, if this plot line had been Santana takes like Santana goes to Rachel and says, you know what? You think you're hot shit. You think you're a star. Turns around and gets cast as, like, the lead in West Side Story. And now Funny Girl is, you know... Uh, somebody, uh, listener Michael, I think, in the chat room had said uh, Glee season five and a half is the new Smash season three to take a page from Smash season two, which is amazing, by the way, you guys. I watched it a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. Um, if Santana had turned around and got cast as the lead in West Side Story, and now we have Funny Girl versus West Side Story, I actually think that would be a great plot line. I'd love to see that plot line because it would really be forcing Rachel to say, like, are you, you know, do you, are you mad at her? Like, are you genuinely mad at her? But Rachel's point in this episode is, as my understudy, it is in your best interest for me to fail. That's not being a good friend. And if Santana was in another show and being like, we can both be successful. There's no reason our two shows can't be incredibly successful. I think it would be a truer test of, I think, what the show's trying to go for in this particular plotline. 
that's you know that but that's neither here nor there i agree with you ed i don't know we're ever gonna hear about this <laughs> i don't think we're ever gonna talk about this plot line again on the show but we shall see uh well let's go hey. ahead what'd you say is it well they positioned it so that they could but I could, but they've done that before and just dropped it. Yeah, so. totally. And, then, and they've done other things where they didn't set it up and they just keep bringing it back. So, yeah, so. that's true. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't play. You don't, don't play the betting game with Glee. <laughs> you won't win. You it's won't so win. true. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to. Uh, oh, 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 or should, should we that. should we make, take a bet on how many? So there was two lines from Tupinos this week. Were there two? I thought there was only one. I thought there was just one. I thought it was. I just know there. Two. I know there's one but Jacob artist, but I thought there was another one, maybe, but maybe not. I don't. You know. They were pr- they were in all of the scenes, but I don't think any of them talked. Sam didn't even get a line. That's true. So so is is the is the new game betting how many lines 2.0 characters will have per episode? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, next week we have Emma coming back, so we might not even we we have even less time for the 2.0s, uh, which yeah. uh, totally unnecessary story. We were at a a new bar around the corner from our house, and Jamie Mays and her husband walked in, and they are super short. And adorable. Adorable. Uh, they really... were... did, you, did you say hi? No. no. They, just, they had a big group of people with them. Yeah. And you, record, you like, can you say, hi, this is Jamie Mays. Thank you for listening to Gleeful Podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, you... we were at this small table on the side and they walked right by like they were as close as this. It like, was pretty funny. They were just so adorable. <laughs> if you're listening to the video or if you're watching the video, you know. It's, less, it's like a half an arm's length. <laughs> it was funny though because I was sitting on a today. raised chair. And she walked by and she looked three feet tall yeah. because she's very short and I was on a raised chair. Yeah, I think I think she went up to his uh, shoulder. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But her husband's pretty teeny tiny too. He is. But uh, they're super adorable. But yes, let's take a listen to, let's stay in New York and we'll check in with Starchild and Kurt. Uh, this is I Believe in a Thing Called Love on the Gleeful Podcast. Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel. And overdrive and you're behind the steering wheel Touching you Okay, sorry to go back, but Rachel said the most interesting thing in the chat room. She says in this episode, Rachel realizes her best friend her best life begins after high school. Santana's realizing that her best life was high school. Very good. That's point. interesting. I would love to see the show pursue that further. 
but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, Elliot and Kurt. Uh, that was, I believe, in a thing called Love by the Darkness. I have all three of their records. I have all of the two out bands that they became when they broke up for a little while. Uh, and they're all amazing. And I saw them live and they were amazing. I love the Darkness. I think you put this song on the first mix CD you gave me. This one? I might have put the Love is one. Only a Feeling. That's probably the better of their oh. of their first record uh the darkness the darkness is so good their second album is called a long hard road to hell and back or no it's their second album is called a one-way ticket to hell and back <laughs> so they're so good uh anyway look them up they're amazing uh so this is i believe in a thing called love uh personally i thought this was super fun uh setting aside the fact that they walk into a guitar store and then the guy tells them not to touch any of the guitars uh, I thought this is a super fun number, Jennifer. Oh, I loved it. And I actually didn't even mind this frenemy storyline because, yeah, I mean, Kurt doesn't really know this person and, you know, he's insecure. Fine. So he has his questions about this person and he gets to know him. They spend time together. And yeah, this number was just so, their their voices are so perfect for this number. Yeah. And it was just so stupid and unbelievable and yeah ridiculously fun um but the thing i liked about this is that it it was clear what was going on or what kurt's intentions were going on and star kid star child star child <laughs> star child was mature he was adult enough about it he's like hey listen i i get it you don't know me you're you're kind of trying to fill me out you think i'm trying to take over and i'm not so hey we're cool right and i was like Good. That makes sense. It's, you know, the whole frenemies between people who have known each other for the last five and a half years is kind of like grating on my nerves. But uh, that's interesting. That's true. Because in this, this particular sense. plot line of quote unquote frenemies, I really liked. This was definitely my favorite of the three. Um, because you're right. Because they're new friends, because they don't know everything about each other yet. Yeah. Their ability to be frenemies and the, and what that means is is interesting. Uh, you know, as far as Starchild, I, I love Adam. Uh, I loved Adam on Glee, or I'm sorry, on American, American Idol. Idol. Um, we saw Adam in concert once on our second or third date, uh, but we didn't know it was him. That's a fun story. Uh, and I think he's great in this number. Um, I, he's a little ashuxy still. Like, I want to get some depth from Elliot. I want to know a little bit more about who Elliot is, because right now he's just like, hey, I love you guys. Hey, I want to be a part of the band. Hey, this is so much fun. Uh, I mean, this is, this is Adam is just another string of perfect gay men that have walked into Kurt's life. Like, yeah, and that's <laughs> exactly right. And even Blaine, we're still kind of waiting for a little bit of depth on Blaine. So I'm waiting for a little bit of depth from Star Child. But I, this totally worked for me. I thought it was super fun. Ed, uh, Elliot, and Kurt in this episode? Uh, well, speaking of American Idol, I swear, I had to like rewind. I was like, <laughs> is that the first person that was ha- like, that was with Adam Lambert with the guitar? I swear... Was Constantine Marullis, but it wasn't. No. <laughs> I, know, no. I know it wasn't because I went back and I checked. But I was like, at my first glance, I was like, no. Funny. no. That would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> I like I liked, I liked the, um, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I like Star Child. See, it's not a bit cleaner. I like the idea of Kurt finding someone else who will challenge him in, and, like, challenge him to be better. And I think yeah. that's what Star Child will do comparatively to Blaine, and I don't really think Clayne is really made in heaven. It may be made in Tumblr heaven, 
But Templar Heaven is a section of heaven that heaven doesn't like to talk about, okay? <laughs> so, so. Doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> Look, dude, uh, Klain is, is endgame. They're <laughs> OTP. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> hashtag deal with it. But- <laughs> I, I, I could hashtag deal with it if there's similar character development on both sides. Yeah, I agree. Actually, 100%. You're right. I mean, I do like that. I mean, the. The most we saw out of Elliot was that he was sort of lamenting that, um, you know, he's like most gay guys I meet in New York either just want to hook up or what was it? What did he Are say? crazy or just want to hook up? I think yeah, something like that. Yeah. So or it was both. Like, okay, so like you you get the sense he's you know he's invested in a relationship whether that's a friendship or a romantic thing. You get that he, you know, has qualities that you would probably want to aspire to or be around so um and i think yeah i think he can challenge kurt obviously you know his fiance said okay be devious and you know try to you know trick him and elliot was just straightforward enough to say hey i'm cool we're cool we're good yeah exactly which brings up an interesting point possibly the strangest moment in the episode for me was when blaine said whatever you think about this guy don't tell him because you know what they say keep your friends close and your enemies closer which goes entirely against glee which the entire thesis statement of glee is be yourself and be vocal about your feelings and And here's blaine saying exactly the opposite yeah I thought it was I, I like this one the challenge I continue to have with this episode or with this plot line is I don't think Kurt has any business being in a band like I really liked Kurt as go, you know at working for Vogue and I really liked Kurt going for musical theater I mean even when they walk into the guitar store they're going into the guitar store to buy a rock guitar for their rock band so that the, and then do a performance of I Believe in a Thing Called Love and the first thing Kurt says is hey after this let's second act uh, Pippin and it's kind of like you have no business being a rock singer and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that I you know there are a few uh, uh, certainly on this show I'm the big musical theater nerd uh, but Adina Menzel one of my favorite vocalists of all time she has five pop records and they're all horrible Anthony Rapp's pop record is horrible Cassie Levy I adore Cassie Levy her pop record is horrible and they just there's no you don't want to cross over between those two things. Matthew Morrison's pop record, horrible. You don't if your musical theater listening. vocals and pop vocals not the same. That said, Adam Lambert, amazing. Yeah, well, as I mean, a rock singer. Yeah, he's but total and glam rock. There's going to be four listeners listening right now saying, "But he got to start musical theater." But you know what he did at the first opportunity? Get out of musical theater because he didn't belong there. He's a rock singer. He should be on. He should be on stage with Queen. He's the only human being alive who should be well, on stage I'm, with Brian. Wasn't May. he? Wasn't he on stage with Queen? I thought he is absolutely. Stage. And oh, they yeah. might do another tour, which which I would totally go see. Like Queen with George Michael was okay. Queen. Queen Queen with uh, the lead singer for Bad Company was okay. Queen with Adam Lambert, amazing. Like, mm. no question. So, yeah. d- to me, it's just this whole plot line feels like we're just biding our time yeah. until Kurt figures out what his, you know, in a couple episodes, we'll have that 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 moment where Kurt says, you know, I just realized that my true dream is Broadway and I just, I got so distracted by this band and now I have to make the hard decision to leave the band so that I can go back to my dream of Broadway. I'm like, oh God, we're gonna, okay, here we go again. 
Back yeah. to that plot line. So that's my continuing struggle. But hey, I enjoyed this one in this particular yeah. week. Uh, well, let's take a trip all the way to Lima Heights and we'll do a quick check in on Artie and Tina. Uh, what do we call them? Shuffles and Tina Warrior Princess. Uh, here they are singing your, My Lovin' on the Gleeful Podcast. Never, ever gonna get no, not this time. No, you're never gonna get it. My love. My Lovin' with uh, Jenna Ushkowitz and Artie Abrams. And Kevin McHale. Uh, Kevin McHale. <laughs> and not the basketball he was player. On, he was on Twitter the other day. He's shooting a movie right now with uh, Josh Lucas. And he said he was on set. And I think he said the first AD's name is Artie. And, but every time they call Artie, he looks and goes, yeah, I realized I still re- respond to Artie. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard one to shake. So uh, Artie and Tina are both tied for valedictorian. And then Who they decide. Who knew they went to class? Yeah, right? Apparently there's only three people in this school. Uh, Blaine is number three because who knew that they all studied so hard? Things just come to Blaine. <laughs> things just come to Blaine. Like all the solos. It's like Mr. Schuster just keeps giving them to him for no reason. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this plot line. It was fun. It had some good jokes in it. I don't know. Ed, any any thoughts about there, Artie and Tina? The Tina Artie storyline was just trying to tell us, do not expect them in season six. That's what I felt. Really? That's, what I, that, that's how I felt about it. Like, like, best case scenario, Tina goes to Brown. Best case scenario, Artie goes to film school where, although, although uh, Harry Shum Jr. goes to dance in New York, and we still don't see him. So yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> so, like, I felt, I felt like the plot line was like, we understand you don't care about the two point This is the glee, but we <laughs> need to still deal with high school, and we need to close out Tina and Artie. So let's just let's just do it. That's it. That's an interesting point. I mean, it's interesting that Kevin's going to be in Brooklyn, but you're right. It would be very strange to have Artie running around while ostensibly season six is going to be Kurt, Santana, uh, Rachel, and Blaine. It, it, and, I don't know where Artie Danny fits into that group. Oh, you think Danny and Elliot? <laughs> well, there's no reason. And unfortunately, despite being trespassing being a fantastic pop record, N- ain't nobody buying it, so <laughs> so just, just leave Adam Lambert on the show and Demi Lovato. She could still have her hits and be ugly. <laughs> well, and honestly, you know they will all be on the East Coast. So I mean, Tina, they had a hard enough time fitting her in when they were only yeah. shooting it in the high school. So <laughs> I don't think they're going to venture out to Rhode Island too much. But with Artie being in film school in um, Artie being in film school just in Brooklyn. 
I have a feeling there'll be a project. You know, he'll have like an end of the year project that he'll have to produce. And he'll be like, I know, I will document my friend's struggles to make it on the Great White Way in New York. Or he's going to be shooting a movie and and he's going to need actors. No, I don't even think it's going to be that. Like, I think it's going to still be centered... Centered around, you know, uh, Rachel, Kurt, and Santana. But I do think it'll be like a documentary. I mean, I I would be interesting. Okay, if next season is just sort of a documentary, you know, maybe like The Office or something like that. But now Artie's, you know, the the camera person and we actually see some interaction with them. Um, And then... We get to see honest struggles of people trying to make it in New York. I could, Seriously, this is this is okay, Glee. If you, we know you're listening, Ryan. Murphy. You got my thumbs up on Jen- this one. Jennifer's your your EP. <laughs> She'll run the show. Ed will pick out all the songs. Uh, we'll write every, We'll write the episodes. Like this is done. Like Glee, we have your six, season six. That actually is a really entertaining idea for season. I've six. I've always wanted to be um, continuity person on a film. <laughs> so. There you go. <laughs> I would love to be a uh, music director or music programmer. So, yeah. That, you know exactly. what? Let's music go off and shoot Done. our own season six and run it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we'll run it simultaneously with Glee. That would be amazing. Um, I'm just kidding. You know, I really want to see I really want to see something bold. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. This experiment of, you know, dual locations didn't work. Experiment of 2.0s didn't work. So, Try something bold. Be be the edgy show for underdogs that you were in season one. I mean, it would be really hard to get them to be underdogs again, though. They, I, they might but be. But they should be gone. in New York. Like, Rachel shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh, she road. should be a huge underdog. She shouldn't have. Not. She should be. She, yeah. There should be more, the more struggle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's just my. That's on my wish list. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't really have that much to say about Tina and uh, Artie. There, there were some funny jokes in that sequence. I mean, I thought that a lot of Sue's stuff was really good in that particular. Oh plot. my god, she introduced Tina, and now McKinley's high least favorite person. Yeah, or no, it's nobody's favorite member of the new direction. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm tired of Tina being a tyrant. It, That's a tongue twister. It's kind of funny that. She she crossed past nice and went straight from like obscure to mean. Yeah. Uh, but you know it, it it was it was charming. Ed, anything to say airplane, about that plot line before drink. we? Yeah, everyone drink. There's an airplane. Anything <laughs> to say about that plot line before we move on? I'm like a super. I'm like super like okay. I'm better. Okay. Um. <laughs> Oh, but what anything to say about Lima before we move on? Uh, about uh, that was the question Artie was. I'm Tina. sorry, I super lagged. <laughs> Any anything to say about Argentina <laughs> before we go? Uh, I liked. I appreciated that they tried to reference Tina's growth from the beginning. That was appreciated, and yeah, I feel bad for <laughs> the two There you go. But yeah. Well, let's. Uh, That's uh, it. The 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 resolution of this plot line is that uh, they were told don't sing, which I thought was hilarious, and then they ended up making Blaine valedictorian because the show only has three seniors apparently because Sam is not graduating. But I guess I suppose Sam, Sam wouldn't be eligible for certainly wouldn't honors be eligible for valedictorian. That's true. Yeah. And so they decided to sing a song, and they they close the episode with Breakaway, which haven't we had this song before? Am I totally doubt? Del- 
I feel like no, you Billy just, has done breakaway you just, you just feel like we have. It <laughs> I, feels like we have. I don't see how it's possible it we got this far without doing breakaway. <laughs> uh, it's because it's because they did keep holding on, and that's also a Avril Lavigne pen song. Yeah, and this so. isn't. In, they've either been doing like old songs, so like I'm going to say 70s and 80s, or they've been doing you know five minute ago songs. So doing a song from you um, know 2005 within yeah. a decade is kind of like <laughs> they must have done this. Yeah. Well, also I think I'm also getting cross because Smash did this in like episode three. And at the very beginning of Smash, every single song they did was something Glee had already done oh, or huh. had been done to death on American Idol. And so I just assumed, I guess, if we're going to do Breakaway, Glee must have already done it. Um, but yeah, so we'll close out the episode as did they. Uh, Ed, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? I would like to, but <laughs> I don't have it pulled up. I, I was just on it the other day and there was only like, Two new ones since yeah. December, which is which is very appreciated. Yeah, and <laughs> but, uh, honestly, but, that's that's but if we had more, it would be even better. <laughs> wow. Uh, definitely review us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at gleefulpodcast, I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And on Facebook, just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast and you can talk to the listeners. We are probably going to continue recording on Sunday, uh, it appears. So if you'd like to listen to us live, we have been recording on Sundays. We'll uh, be in Arizona. Next week, we're going to be in Arizona. So we'll see so. what's going to happen with that. Yeah. We will let you post it. Things changing up all the time. All the time. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody who's listening live. Lynn, yes, Rachel, you. Jenny, uh, Michelle, Michael. Michael, and Maria, who sent us an incredibly nice email yes. about a week ago. I wanted to say thank you to listener Maria. Uh, she had said she caught up on the um, caught up on our episodes and listened to the Christmas episodes <laughs> a little while ago and got a little Christmas 2.0, which I thought was charming as crap. So thank you, listener Maria, for sending that very nice note. Uh, and that is about it for us for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I am Josh. I am Jen. Everyone vote for Majesty Rose on American Idol. That's an actual person's name. That's a human being. An actual human being whose given name is Majesty Rose. Um, at least her first name is Majesty. I and her, her last. Well, it could be her middle name. I, I, that's, would, that's I would think that's her middle name. That yeah. is absolutely epic. Uh, Ed, uh, when's the next episode of Nimbus Magnifica? Um, I'm hoping to record an episode next week. I hope everyone had a chance to listen to Jen's episode. It was very exciting. I, I, I hope she liked it. It was so much fun. And I keep talking, I keep reference. I even referenced, she references that book all I referenced the, the book time. yesterday. <laughs> it's just a good book. You know, what I one did they use fantastic? No, it is. It was, it was a surprisingly good book. And it, it kind of made me sad that so many popular books, which aren't as good, <laughs> actually get more attention. So, um, yes, so much fun. Thank you again, Ed, for that. Um, let me know what your syllabus is, because I might like to do another show or at least uh, read along if you don't mind. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Definitely. It was a blast. I'd love to have you on again. It was fun. Awesome. Well, that's about it for us. Uh, one more time for the for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Have a nice night. Good night, everyone. I got a
Science and Craft.